0: Welcome to the Strong Towers podcast, a podcast with one simple vision: build up, become strong. Welcome back to another Strong Towers podcast. This is John Ackerman with me as always, Tom Edwards and Mike Lara. And as we're getting into season two now, uh, you know we've recapped a little bit of what's been current with us over these last few months of summer, and I'm so sorry to see it go. <laughs> I love summer, says the public school teacher. Uh, but anyway, it's really been good to to get back in the studio to to be putting you know these stories down and just be spending this time together and thinking about where we want to go. And we realize as we look back at season one, and again, we just had such a blast kicking this thing off. But as we look back, we realized that a lot of the topics that we were covering, uh, you know the dreams that we were chasing our, our hopes for work and our challenges there challenge in all its forms and facets that a lot of what we were talking about was you know external things in our life and that's that's not a value judgment those aren't you know right or wrong better or worse but we were realizing you know as we were sharing through all those topics that you know each one provokes or prompts something within us right the, the dreams that we were chasing, yeah, you know, maybe it, it brought up some fear and some doubt, some anxiety as we were thinking about work, maybe more of the same, maybe some feelings of inadequacy or places where we're like, man, I love this. Like I can't get enough of this, you know, excitement, anticipation, things like that. The challenge series definitely brought all of that out in spades. And so we realized as we had our, our little summer planning retreat that in season two, it felt like there might be some space to maybe go below the waterline a little bit. And intentionally go after some of those internal topics that we've been addressing. I mean, we've not tried to hide anything. We've tried to be pretty transparent with our stories that things do not have bows on them at this point in our lives for the most part. But maybe to go after some of those deeper issues as we progress through season two. So uh, for today and maybe for another episode after this one, we want to touch on the topic of validation. Uh, which I think is something that's going to resonate with most everybody, um, but it kind of begs the question right off the bat: What, why this topic? I mean, this is this is a podcast for guys, or really just anybody who's listening, and we've we've covered all kinds of different things so far. So, Mike, what was it about validation that that really seemed to pique our interest as we were planning for this one?
1: Going back to planning, and when we were coming up with all these different topics, I I thought it was not not funny but you know how common it is that a lot of these ideas come out through story right like when we think about validation when we think about fear and how during our stories or even just us kind of hanging around and talking we don't actually see those points come out as much as it is until somebody actually points some of those things out to you right and uh when you come to validation one of the first things i was thinking about is how early it presents itself right so i got i got a three-year-old boy and it, it, it's always like, Hey, watch me, Dad. Hey, what's going like, look what I just built. And and one of the ones that the words that he got to me one time that really just kinda stuck out to me was when he looked me in the eyes, he just done put something together with Legos and was just like, Are you proud of me, Dad? Are you proud of me? And I remember telling the story during our planning meeting and just kinda like, Wow, this isn't a cool story. And how quick you guys were were, were able to point out validation. Look yeah. how early that presents itself in a yeah. young man's life. Absolutely.
2: And it doesn't go away, right? Right, it, no, yeah. I mean, it shifts away from the building with the Legos and, and turns into bigger and better. And, you know, it, it seems like it's it's always there in the background of, of everything that we're doing is that this constant seeking after validation mm. from somewhere, right? Right. But I think, Mike, like you said, we don't necessarily see that until... Somebody points it out that that that's what we're doing, that that's really, you know, that we're putting energy behind this pursuit of validation. So I think we kind of need to step back a little bit and say, all right, well, what what does that mean to you? What does that word validation kind of bring to mind for us so that we can even talk about where it is in our lives?
0: So I know one of the places that I first came across this topic really being handled well was John Eldridge's book Wild at Heart. Mm-hmm. And the phrase that he used over and over again to kind of capture the essence of this was the phrase, do I have what it takes? Yeah. yeah. And it sold a fair number of copies, so I know it's not just me that that resonated with. <laughs> but that, that really seems to get to the heart of the desire for validation is I need something or someone to tell me, show me, confirm to me that I have what it takes that I can, I can handle this, that I can come through, that I'm good enough, that I have value. And especially that last one that, you know, not just the thing that I'm doing, not just the thing that I'm building has value, but like Jonah said with you, Mike, dad, do you see me? Yeah. Do I have value?
1: Yeah. I think that's one of the hardest things too, is defining that. Right, because I think initially when I thought about validation, it's something that I was always like, "Oh, I'm not really seeking somebody's validation. Or I'm not looking for validation." But I think we've we've all come to come to the conclusion that it's not if we're seeking validation; it's where we're getting this validation from. Totally friendly. right.
2: And it's it's ways that we don't even think about too. Right, like think about work. Would oh, you yeah. would you yeah. keep going if they don't give you a paycheck anymore? Right, right. And so so there is some value that we are getting out of what we're being paid to do a job because it tells us that there is something that is worth us being there Mm -hmm. and doing. It can be intrinsic. I think I did a really great job putting myself back in Jonah's shoes I did a really great job building this thing. I I really love this Lego thing that I built and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to play with it for a while. Or it could be the external looking to something else for that validation, you know? And so it shows up in a lot of places. I feel like that, uh, that we don't even really recognize that that's what's going on. But if we took it away, then all of a sudden that task sort of loses some of its meaning Really?
0: And I know that even as I'm listening to this right now, there's a part of me that's thinking, all right, we we need to seriously talk about some, you know, intrinsic motivators here because this <laughs> is starting to sound a little bit needy. And obviously, I mean, these things can fall off on either side. I mean, we deal so much better with absolutes as human beings than we do with the messy middle. But, you know, yes, you can go too far with needing affirmation for everything and needing everybody to comment on everything that you did. And, you know, sometimes like with a toddler, it's. Dad, did you see this? Okay, Dad, I changed one thing. Dad, did you see this? Dad, did you see this? Dad, like, and you're like, dude, it's good. I saw it. Like, you're you're good. Yeah. And and so you know, we don't want to skew so far in the direction of yes. All of us need to be validated. You know, roughly every five minutes throughout our day for the rest of our life. But we don't want to then swing so far the other way of you know, well, I don't care what anybody says about me. I don't care what people right. think. Like, eh, sure, but we're still going to seek that somewhere. Right. Even, even if we can convince ourselves that we don't care what other people think, there's going to be experiences in which we seriously question whether or not we have what it takes. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's the experience that we're hoping will help to demonstrate to us. Yeah, you can handle this. You can do this. I mean, just yesterday, the tire on my truck went flat and I have changed flat tires before, but I've never changed it on this truck. And, Like, I knew where the jack was. I honestly didn't know if it had a spare tire. (laughs) Like, I'd never checked. And, like, it was one of those, you know, undercarriage mounts where it's winched up. And it was winched up so high that even the times that I'd looked under the truck for other things, I'd never actually consciously recognized whether or not there was a tire. And so there was a part of me that was like, crap, do do I even have what I need (laughs) to fix this? And... My truck is now old enough to vote. So I also wasn't sure what kind of shape it was going to be in. and But I had this feeling of, all right, I've done this enough times. I know what to do. I have been validated through the experiences of changing flat tires enough times that I know I can change this tire, even though the circumstances are slightly different. And so like, I didn't necessarily have anybody. Well, I didn't have anybody there to help, but I didn't need anybody there to stand over my shoulder and be like, boy, John, good job right. with the lug nuts, right. you know, but I had been validated through experience. And so I knew going into it, I have what it takes. And so I think that's kind of what we're chasing here mm-hmm. is where does that come from and what have we done with it? Because everybody needs that in one, you know, in one form or another, in some way, shape or form.
2: Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that because, you know, when you were talking about the toddler and, and checking in every couple of minutes and, you know, I did something new. Like, is it good? You, you know, do you still love me? Are you still proud of me? It's endearing and maybe slightly annoying if you're a parent of a toddler at some points. But there's a part of that that we see as being okay Absolutely. for where they are. But as a 30-something-year-old, there's something wrong with that, right? Yeah, and that's so, not socially acceptable. No, yeah. it's definitely not Okay. I'm just kind of thinking through the the growth in our experience as we do more things, as we do get validation in certain areas, that th- there should be some growth in the way that we approach this, that we're not constantly needing to check in with other people for that validation, but that we do have something backing us up. And you, you didn't have to get out from under the truck yesterday and stand up and wait for the applause, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, it would have been nice. But it, I mean, it, absolutely, but but you didn't need it to right. know that you had done a good job, and your previous experiences had backed up
1: that you were going to do a good job. So I'm going to go a little off topic here, and I'm going to I'm going to ask a question that's really starting to scream at me as we as we continue to go down this subject. But in our journey and in our walk, how close do validation and love and is there overlap or is, is there is it okay to compare the two because sometimes I think I often I confuse love with validation or the other way around validation with love you know I think that kind of
2: gets down to how are we defining that love experience right Too in a little bit am I looking for love to be constantly validating me yeah if that's if that's the purpose of of that relationship, then I I think I would argue that that really that's not love, right? If you're if you're constantly looking for that person to be validating you all of the time, and that's how you define their affection for you, right? Then then something's off in that.
1: It's unhealthy, right? Yeah, yeah. Right.
2: yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I think unfortunately a, a lot of relationships kind of do set it up that way of, you know, if you're not giving me what I need, then there's no reason to be here. But yeah, I think, I think like you said, that's unhealthy. It's not, it's not the way it's intended to be. And I think there are very loving relationships where people aren't just back and forth patting each other on the back all the time.
0: Um, Mike, part of what your question makes me think about is a book that I had to read in college, uh, C.S. Lewis's Four Loves. And so just thinking about the different kinds of love, and because college was a while ago, and honestly, I didn't read the whole book. <laughs> Sorry, Professor <laughs> Bloom, may you rest in peace. But I remember the distinction that he was making between things like filial love, you know, brotherly love, companionship. And then, you know the the sort of like heart throbbing love, you know eros love and agape, right? That that true centered deep, intimate commitment to a person. Which, by the way, three out of four after a decade and change, I'm thinking is not bad for retention. So I'm going to take that as a win, <laughs> um, and I'll look up the fourth love later. But it was making me think, Mike. Love and validation. I, I think the one can come from the other. The one is certainly associated with the other. I'm thinking in my head that you know, love is, you know, more forms of com- forms of connection, forms of commitment, depth of affection. But certainly, out of those relationships come opportunities to be validated, mm-hmm. right? When when my wife looks at me and tells me that she's really proud of something that I've done, right? That, that has an effect. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, when the three of us are hanging out and you know, like whether we're like a couple weeks, you know, 4th of July we were playing spike ball in the backyard and somebody did something surprisingly acrobatic, you know, leaping over the the spike ball mat between the leg shot that may have happened only in my imagination. But
2: There might've been leaping over kids though.
0: That right. One handed saves, you know, dad moves, things like that. Like, you know, there were certainly opportunities for validation of, I saw what you just did and it was good. Yeah. Right. And, and so those things coming out of those different forms of love. Right. But if I only ever got validation from those that love me like a friend, but never those that love me deeply, Mm -hmm. right there, there would be a difference. There would be a lack. And so I think as the depth of love progresses, the opportunity to validate increases, and then unfortunately also the opportunity to invalidate yeah. increases. And so I think that's why for so many that need for validation is perpetuated throughout you know, well past toddlerhood right, right. and into adulthood, because those that loved us most deeply did not validate either by accident and omission, or very intentionally. Like, nope, that's not good enough. Yeah, You're not good enough. Do it again. And I'm guessing that we could fill hours just with our own stories of moments like that, where those that loved us most deeply, intentionally or not, and maybe not quite hours, but... We could take some time. And if we invited anybody else to sit with us, then yeah, at that point we're running out of tape. (laughs) God, I'm old tape tape. Yeah. We'll have to explain that one in a later podcast, but yeah, I I think that's where this really starts to go deep. So Mike, I think that was a, a fantastic tie in. So while we don't necessarily have hours to tell all these stories, because I think people would stop listening. Um, is there anything that kind of jumps out immediately as far as, you know, places where validation didn't happen and you'd really hoped it would or places where you, you did feel validated and, you know, it was, it was absolutely essential in that moment.
2: Yeah. I can remember, um, growing up, I come from a pretty athletic family. My dad was super athletic in high school, baseball and basketball mostly, And, uh, you know, growing up did all of the rec league sports and all that kind of thing. And it just was never really my thing, you know, and dad was always our coach and parents were super supportive of all the the activities and, and things that we did as kids, but I just never really felt that validation of, you know, Hey, you know, this is, you're really good at this you know, this is, this is something that you should be chasing after. And, but on the flip side, I thinking back, I was, I was definitely still looking for that. And I wasn't, I wasn't getting it necessarily the way that I thought I'd be like my dad and I'd, I'd be a great baseball player or basketball player and, you know, play for the school team and, and, um, all that. But I, at the same time, I was trying to find where I could get that same sense Of validation. And I remember in, uh, in middle school, it must've been, I don't know, fifth or sixth grade. And we did some field day thing. And, uh, and I led my class to like the, the win in the relay race or something. And I was like, huh, I guess I'm kind of fast, (laughs) you know? And so then that led me down the, the path of, of track and field and cross country and, and all that which I did from seventh grade on and was successful at. And so, you know, kind of the flip side of that story is I did find that place where in the athletic arena, my parents started out not really knowing a whole lot about track and field. And and I didn't either as a 12 year old kid or whatever. Um, And so we kind of grew into that world together a little bit, but then, you know, super proud of what I did and, and what I was able to accomplish and went to, to you know all my meets and stuff like that. And, and I can remember even in college, we kind of half-assed a track team every so <laughs> often. We did that with a lot of sports, actually. And my dad would still try and come to the meets. Or when I first started teaching, I got roped into coaching the Ultimate Frisbee team uh, my second year of teaching. And my dad actually came to one of those games Nice. um, because we were close by after work and he could swing by and moved out of the house. I, at that point, I am married, I guess. Yeah. Married at that point. And, and dad came to quote unquote my game while I'm there being the coach instead of needing the coach. Right. Um, And so that was, that was really cool.
1: How about you, Mike? So when I think about moments of validation, I think about how closely it ties with my desire to want to be fathered. Mm -hmm. It's looking for that validation from a masculine authority and how easily for me searching for a father and searching for like the story I kicked off with, Hey, Hey dad, are you proud of me? And how easily that lent itself to seeking validation from other males. Right. And so I'm middle brother. I got an older brother who's. I might be telling a little bit too much, but man, he's a cool dude. And he's a. He was a sponsored skater, good-looking guy, you know, fit. And uh, but we didn't have that great of a relationship, right? And it just it wasn't that we were disliked each other. We just didn't grow up together, right? We grew up in two different households. So, um, the other day I posted something when I was uh, the other day on on social media, just talking about how much I value the importance of our relationship now, and thinking back on my time early in the army. And not having the older brother, not having the dad at the time to to tell me that I was doing a good job, how easy it was for me to go to other guys that were probably in the same boat as me, right? Still looking for the same kind of things as me and how easy it was for me to fall into the, hey, man, let's go out and drink. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, let's go out and, and throw back a couple. How many beers can you drink? How Wasted can we get tonight and still go to physical fitness in the morning and and run the five six miles and how it was almost a a ride of passage i i guess just like a a a a badge of hey dude you're you you can drink and you can and you can uh and you can run you know that and and I would look for that for people to just tell me like man you're cool, you're a cool dude and looking back on it now, thinking to myself like that was stupid. Like, <laughs> what was I thinking? Like, but it was. It comes from that desire to want to be validated at that time by, uh, and I've said it kind of like a beginning, but like a, a, a masculine authority, like somebody to tell me like a dad or an older brother. Yeah. Hey, dude, you got it. And how? Just I looked for that in all the wrong places, and probably from good from dudes that, like I said, we're probably searching for the same thing.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think what. I was thinking as, as you're relating that story is like, how could you possibly have gotten it from those guys Yeah, when they haven't gotten it themselves? You know, yeah. how can they give you what they have not yet experienced? And so, yeah. you know, and we'll, we'll go in this direction maybe a little further down the road, but there are places I think that we need to go to seek validation to get it in a healthy way at least and places to avoid it, I think, too.
1: And I I think you you nailed it, too, because, and we we said this, I think, when the the tape wasn't rolling, John, but I think we said something about along the lines of how seeking authority or seeking validation comes from somebody we've given a position of authority to, Mm -hmm. right? And how easily we, or myself, I'll speak uh, for myself, I could give that to somebody who doesn't have authority (laughs) over me, but I was still seeking that validation from just to get that, I don't know, Attaboy, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Cause It's true. Because it's got to come
0: from from somewhere. It's got to come from something. It's got to right. come from someone. Right. Because you need it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You need it. And and I thought it was interesting too, as you were both sharing stories, how quickly things went to dads. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't script that. This wasn't planned. That was that was just the first stories that came to mind. And honestly, the first one that came to mind for me was stuff with my dad too. Yeah. And, you know, I got to have my dad at home for the first nine years of my life. And there was a lot of validation, a lot of, you're really good at this. You're really smart. You're athletic. You're like, you you can do it. And then when my folks split up, you know, dad was suddenly a couple states away. And, you know, pre-text messaging, because I'm that old, (laughs) and pre-email and pre-Facetime and like pre-anything other than handwritten letter with a stamp sent to the post office, and I mean, we had telephones, but you know, you got to pay for long distance. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I lost that source of validation in my life. And my mom, you know, as a single mom did a fantastic job of, you know, keeping the ship afloat and, you know, taking care of me and my brother and, and being the encourager and telling us, you know, how good we were and, you know, praising us for what we were doing at school. And she came to our sporting events and, and things like that. But there was always a piece in me that that also felt, you know, I needed that from my mom, but that also felt like I needed my dad or some guy, like you said, Mike, in a position of authority to say, you know what, John, as an aspiring man, <laughs> you, yeah, I see you. You're, you're good. And, and I didn't have that. And so Mike, listening to you talk about, you know, drinking and then running like you use the phrase i would look for opportunities like that opportunities to be tested and be proven that that you could do it and i went the nerd route i went down in my basement throughout high school me and my brother and we played video games like it was our job and you know some of that at the time i chalked up to being introverted and shy and some of that i chalked up to being you know the new kid in town because we had just moved states at the start of high school from Wisconsin to Illinois, I didn't know anybody. And I'm shy. And I'm introverted. Mm -hmm. And so me and my brother just hung out in the basement and we played video games endlessly. And we had a blast. I have lots of fond memories of my childhood. But it's only been more recently as I look back on that that I realized that what I was looking from those video games was that same sense of validation. Looking for the game to tell me, you're smart enough, right? You were... Quick enough, you were creative enough, and gosh darn it, people like you. I mean, I know it's starting to sound <laughs> like that, but that—that's what I—that's where I went looking for it. I went looking for places that would tell me you can do it. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think it's shocking or surprising or whatever you want to call it that all of our stories went to what felt like a lack of affirmation and validation from masculine figures and then the search to go find it from something or someone else to replace that.
2: Yeah. Well, and so I know this is not a masculine issue per se, but there does seem to be something unique in the masculine journey with regards to this idea of validation. Like you said, you know, needing to go to, some kind of masculine authority figure in order to get at least a part of the validation that we're seeking, right? And so why is it that that we're seeking it out from those other men? What is it that we're looking to get from them that we can't get in other places that the video games or the sports or the drinking or the whatever is not a good substitute for having another dude in your life Preferably one with some more years, right. you know, than you have calling you out and saying, hey, I see you like right. you're doing a great thing.
0: Well, because you can't validate yourself. Like that just that doesn't work because either you know how full of crap you are,
1: <laughs> or you know how
0: scared you are, or you know how often you don't come through. And so I mean you can't lie to your you can't lie yourself to victory on this one. Like you you need an external, you know, perspective on this. Yeah. And so you, you can get there in some ways objectively through events, through trials, right? The the changing the flat tire thing. Like if I did it right and the truck works at the end, well, congratulations, kid. Like you did it right. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of things in life that aren't that black and white, right? So So how do I know if I'm doing well in a relationship? How do I know if I'm doing well at work? I mean, you could look at objective markers like, well, did you break up yet? No. Well, good job. But like we know that there's there's a lot more nuance to am I doing this well? Is this yeah. going right yeah. than that? And, you know, well, have they fired you yet? No. Well, good job. But th- there's a lot more to do you have what it takes at work than are you still getting a paycheck and have they canned you yet? Yeah. And so I think that that's where you have to have someone – Rather than just the externality of something yeah. that you trust and whose opinion you value, who loves you that says to you, "I see you, and you're good
1: yeah, but it is I, I think you nailed something there too, Tom, and it just makes me think about the, the the question at hand is when we like when we first came up with these notes and we started thinking about like way we ways we seek validation right whether it's a spouse or whether it's work or whether it's uh, family and friends. How quickly both of us, especially with that story of Jonah talked about seeking it from like a fatherly figure. And I think about it right now, like Jonah doesn't ask my wife the same question. Are you proud of me? Right. His question is, mom, do you love me? Right. And I just, I, I find that kind of as we're going down and we're kind of going down this path is how easily at that age he's looking at me for validation and over love initially i'm now i'm starting to think like wow why why at such an early age is he looking for me as his dad to, to show validation over his life rather than to say like dad do you love me
2: yeah
0: well i think like we were saying earlier you know when you tell your son you're proud of him that is a loving action yeah yeah right and so love is conveyed Mm -hmm. Right. The depth of your love for him is conveyed through that, especially because of the way that you talk to your boys. Right. It's not like a dismissive thing. Like, yeah, that was good. (laughs) But like you, you you gush over them. Yeah. Right. You, you love them as you validate them. And so he's able to receive both. Yeah. And so he does need that love from both of his parents, but you're right. I mean, he's coming to you specifically right now with that question of, are you proud of me? And again, that's something that we all need to know from both of our parents. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Right. Or from whichever parents we have, like wh- whoever is loving us in our life, like that's who we need it from. Cause I know Mike, you said your grandparents, yep. like, you-, you needed that from them. Right. Yep. So, so whoever it is, like that's a question that absolutely has to get answered.
2: But I think too, there, there are places that the validation needs to come from a specific type of authority. And so Jonah is looking to you in the the story with the Legos because he just, he built something and he sees you build things. And so to him, you're the authority on, I'm going to put stuff together with my hands. And so I'm not going to go to mom, right? Because I I need to, I need dad to see, essentially I'm being like you dad. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be like you. I've seen you do X and i'm trying to do x right and so he he needs that from dad and, and i think you know there's a lot of discussion in our culture now about gender roles and all that kind of stuff and we're not going to get all twisted up in that but but i do think there are some things that need to come from dad or or at least a fatherly figure and particularly in the topic of raising boys there are things that need to come from dad You know, how are your boys going to know that they have arrived at manhood if they don't hear that from another guy? You know, if they're not surrounded in their lives by men that are pouring into them and giving them validation, they can get love from mom all the time. But that's not, at the end of the day, that's not going to tell them I have arrived. My mom loves me, that's awesome. But how do I know that I have what it takes to go back to what we said at the beginning, right? right, That that I actually have what it takes to be a man, to have joined this fellowship of men, if it's not men that are calling that out in you.
0: Right. Well, and this is one of the I I never saw this until somebody pointed it out. But in the gospels, right, there's this incredible moment a validation that takes place for the guy who most people would think would never need it, Jesus. right? Jesus gets baptized in the Jordan, comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends on him, and God speaks audibly, which barely happens. And you look at what God says. right? It's not marching orders. It's not, you know, go do this. It's not an announcement to everybody else, like, hey, maybe don't kill this guy. <laughs> it's... This is my beloved son in whom I am well-pleased. Yeah. Mm. This is my son, and I'm proud of you, right? And, and it's it's the whole family right there. Like, it's the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descending on this. Like, it, it's a family hug moment, but dad speaks, and the words that he speaks are, you're my son, and I'm proud of you. Yeah. Right? Like, that that just blew my mind the first time that I ever heard somebody explain it to me that way. Like that those roles matter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for like sure.
0: Dad has a power. I mean, and again, my mom did an incredible job of raising two boys on her own and speaking validation and encouragement and and love and affection and encouragement and support. And all of that was fundamentally necessary and I would not be who I am without it. So mom, if you're listening, I love you. Thank you for doing that. And dad has to speak.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that same story speaks to the importance of receiving the validation. Like we're talking about Jesus here and, and that that was at least an important enough event in his life that it got recorded in the Bible, right? So, for us to sit there and go, eh, you know, I don't, I don't really care what other people think. I don't need anybody to tell me that I'm doing a good job, you know, and try and brush that off. No, no, it, it's a bigger issue than that. Like, we're you are gonna seek it somewhere. You're you're going to look for that validation somewhere because you need it. There is a part of your soul
1: that needs that validation. Hey guys, we're going to hit pause in the conversation and pick back up next week as we continue to talk about what purpose validation has meant to serve in our lives. You can find everything we're up to, including our blog, social media, and upcoming events at our website, strong-towers.com. Again, thank you for listening. We hope to see you next week.